Dallas every Sunday. So much talent. My goodness. Well, let's pray together, okay? Father, thank you so much for these moments where we can look into your word. I pray for a deep anointing on this message. Pray that I've heard your voice. I pray that um, whatever is not of you would not even be heard, but that as a people and as individuals, those parts that are from your Holy Spirit, we pray, Lord, we would take them in and um, be changed. We love you, Lord. Thank you so much for saving us, for filling us with your Holy Spirit, for giving us purpose, for all the many blessings you give us. And um, so now we ask that you would help us, you'd open our minds to your word, Lord, and uh, we would be blessed. Thank you so much, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. I would invite you to turn uh, to get started to a very familiar chapter. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 3. This is the chapter where Paul is talking about his status as a Pharisee before he So let's, um, let's look at a few selected verses from Philippians chapter 3. Paul starts out saying that we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. How many of you would agree with that statement? You don't want to put any confidence in your flesh to... Uh, earn your way with God, you want to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say, although I might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, he says, I have far more confidence. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to the Righteousness, which is in the law, found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. And then I'm going to jump down to verse 10, and he says, Oh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Perhaps verse 13, this next verse, is the one more than any other I'd like you to pay attention to with me. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God 
in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if anything, and if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that to you. I want you to notice his mindset here. First of all, I want you to notice that Paul, as he looked back on his life pre-Christ, he had a very storied life. He had a life of status, a life of recognition, and yet he counted all of that as loss, but instead said, I want to forget all that, and I want to reach forward to that which lies ahead. And so my goal this morning is to bring an exhortation to us that we too would be those who are reaching forward to what lies ahead for us, that we wouldn't be looking back at at accomplishments and history and uh, not fully be embracing the present. This fall, uh, we will celebrate TCF's 50th anniversary. Isn't that amazing? Uh, I think it's in November, isn't it, Bill? And just a funny thing, I was looking at the bulletins from that first Sunday, and the evening bulletin said that the musicians would be playing, and then uh, the pastor would come in and the congregation would sing, How Great Thou Art. I just wonder about the timing of that, you know, if Brother Bill worked that out, how, you know, what was going on there. But um, a 50th anniversary in our culture is called a golden anniversary, and what a rich and storied tradition TCF has, doesn't it? Uh, we often talk about how you can go into any store in uh, Tulsa and yell out, Who here has been to TCF? And over in aisle 10, there will be someone who shouts, I was at TCF, and they'll have a warm regard for the church and uh, a friendly smile. Things like discipleship, house churches, missions, youth ministry, true plurality of leadership coming about. Names like Bill Sanders, Chuck Farah, Jim Garrett, Willard Hudson, Gordon Wright, and many others It's a history we relish and uh, just uh, savor so much. But this morning, I want to say that as we relish our past, we must be careful not to try to relive it. We need to be careful not to try to recreate it, uh, to relish our past, but not long for it as the good old days, but instead fully embrace the present and the future. You know, God has great things for us. God has great things for us, and, you know, we want to behold his face with wonder. We don't want to be looking back so much in our hearts that we miss what God wants to do now and what he wants to do in the future. Some of us, I'm afraid, long too much for the past. Some of us might even live too much 
in the past. But God wants us to have that present and future focus. Christianity is a future-focused faith. God is taking us toward the end of the age and toward the end of time when there will be a new heaven and a new earth. He's the God of the new, and he's the God of the now. Amen? That's what Oral Roberts taught. He's the God in the now. Um, some of the elders were, were talking about, after a meeting some time ago, about revival and how we long for revival and how some of us really long for revival. And um, Bruce made a a marvelous point, I thought. He said, you know, when we long for revival, we all often think in our minds of what we've experienced before. You know, maybe in the 70s or historical revivals. But Bruce said, I think if we experience another revival, it'll be like nothing we've ever experienced before. It might even, I don't know that Bruce said this, but it might even be terrifying not just wondrous in good ways, but also frightening in some ways. Um, But Bruce said, I suspect it will be unlike anything we've ever seen before. But in any case, let's have Paul's mindset, forgetting what lies behind and Reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let's be asking ourselves, how can we be reaching forward in these days for God's greater glory? And you might have seen the title slide uh, that says, Reaching Forward for God's Greater Glory. Reaching Forward. If we're focused on the now and we're focused on the future and wanting to absolutely bring God his utmost glory, we're in the right place. We're in the right mindset, the mindset of Paul. So I've been thinking about this and asking how can we we, uh, be reaching forward? Well, first of all, I'd like to say let's reach forward in the depths, in the depth of our worship and praise. You know, I've been one of your praise and worship leaders for, gosh, I'm thinking maybe close to 20 years. And um, I've learned some things, but I have never seen the depth of sincerity and uh, devotion to the Lord as I do on your faces these days. You know, we all worship differently, don't we? It's not, it's not about whether you raise your hands or don't raise your hands or dance in the back or go completely still. When Laura and I hear really good music, she cannot help but move. When I hear really good worship or even really good secular music, we were out at the Scottish games one year, and there was a Scottish band that was pretty good, and um, she's just moving, you know, and I'm just still, because I, I don't want to miss a thing. Um, I love 
to see how some of you worship. Um, I think of Mike. I love watching Mike worship, Marin. I love, I love watching Jody and Nancy dancing in the back. I love Isaac jumping up and down. and uh, We all worship differently. But there's an intensity of worship. I, there's no one adjective that I can use to sum up my mind's eye sense about how you, you worship. But let me throw a few words out. I think your worship is passionate. I think it's authentic. I think it's sincere. I think it's intentional. I think it's desperate. And I think it's exuberant. Um, In Africa, when people worship, uh, Millard, you'll agree with me, there's great freedom. There's great joy. There's dancing. I mean, the joy and the, the freedom and the happiness just explodes in the room, and that's wonderful. But here at TCF, uh, I think of other words, intensity, sincerity, urgency, purity of devotion, and I, I love it, and I think God is pleased as well. But let us be reaching forward in our praise and worship to God. I think we've been uh, pruned by the Lord over the last years of lesser motives in our worship, worshiping for our needs to be met or worshiping so that there's a greater power encounter than we had last week or uh, worshiping to gain status or recognition or attention in the body. I think we come together now And our motive is to simply worship the living God for who he is. You say amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. David cried out to God saying, I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise you in front of all the people. And I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation Behold, I have not restrained my lips, O Lord, as you know. I remember times where we've been worshiping here at TCF, and someone has fallen over in their chair as they're delivered from demons uh, right here. How true it is that praise breaks bondages. Let's press on, my friends. Let's reach forward in our praise and worship that we can bring God greater glory. I remember the first time coming into a spirit-filled church and sensing the presence of God um, and just being blown away by how people were worshiping. And I pray that when people come and they're with us for the first time, that they would be overwhelmed with a sense of the presence of the Lord and they would see our hearts truly devoted and poised and worshiping with that singular motive to give God the glory due his name. Another way that we can reach forward is by loving one another. John Failer was telling me that um, 
I said, How, how's the baby doing? Are you getting enough sleep? And he said, well, the baby's fine. It's really Jonathan. He loves his little sister so intently that we have to watch out for him. And I think the, uh, whatever that is, a prairie dog or on the right is a little bit tentative about the great love <laughs> that she's receiving from, that from, I assume it's a him. But uh, he's all in, and she's a little bit, whoa, I'm not sure. The Greek word for fellowship, of course, you know, is koinonia. It means a partaking in each other's lives. A deep-spirited friendship, a sharing of life together, as Jim Garrett likes to say, we're in it together. C.S. Lewis called koinonia the good infection. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 25, we, we read about how each member can, is to have anxious concern for the other. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that mem- member which lacked, that there should be no division in the body, but that the members should have the same anxious concern for one another. I was, uh, had a vision of that or a, 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 an example of that this Tuesday morning when the elders gathered to pray. We were barely into our prayers, and uh, they began to question me uh, about the accident that uh, Jason and the girls were in where their car rolled, and, um, and, and then they immediately went to prayer, just thanking God for the safety. But what touched me was how they prayed over the girls' spirits, that they wouldn't be discouraged, they wouldn't be disheartened, they wouldn't be demoralized, they wouldn't lose their confidence. Uh, to me, that's that anxious concern and love that's so, so beautiful. Here's a picture of some anxious concern. Our love for one another is meant to be an evangelistic trait that non-believers see. In John 13, 35, and 34, we read, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And this, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In 1 Peter 1.22, we read, Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. And then one more verse, we're told to excel still more in our love when it says, now, as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. But we urge you, brethren, to excel still more. Isn't that great? What a great, great exhortation, to excel still more. So let us reach forward in our praise and worship, and let us reach forward in our efforts to Sincerely love one another from the heart, forgiving each other when needed, 
and sincerely having anxious concern for each other. Another element where I think we can move even more forward is to excel in prayer. We want to be and have always wanted to be and even more want to be a praying church. Is that right? We have the TCF Prayer Advance uh, coming up this Saturday. We have the TCF Prayer Chain. How many of you in your history here at TCF have had occasion to have a crisis and call the TCF Prayer Chain and... uh, you know, really utilize that. Most of us have. We have the missions prayer band on Sunday morning. We have the Wednesday night prayer meeting once a month. And we have the newly formed prayer for descendants group. These are only a few. I think we still want to reach forward in prayer. This is a beautiful slide of a man praying The scriptures can't emphasize it more. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it. Pray without ceasing and be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of of prayer. Here are three quotes that on prayer that I think you'll find interesting. They're all from unknown sources, which makes them even a little more intriguing to me. Here's the first one. It's kind of a poem. I got up early one morning and rushed right into the day. I had so much to accomplish that I didn't have time to pray. Problems just tumbled about me. And heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me, I wondered. He answered, you didn't ask. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on gray and bleak. I wondered why God didn't show me. He said, well, you didn't seek. I tried to come into God's presence. I used all the keys in the lock. God gently and lovingly chided, my child, you didn't knock. I woke up early this morning and passed and paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. Here's the second one. A prayer warrior is a person who is convinced that God is all-powerful, that God has the power to do anything, to change anyone, and to intervene in any circumstance. A person who truly believes this refuses to doubt God. And then lastly, if an army advances on its stomach, a church advances on its knees. Your elders have determined that we will not be led by the wood, hay, and stubble of good ideas, but by hearing from God through the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want to just say in in behalf of the elders, thank you for your prayers for us. We know that you, many of you pray daily for us and um, pray that we would be clean and pure vessels, that we would be devoted to prayer, that we would clearly hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and that we would lead into the future courageously. 
So may we reach forward in prayer in every and all ways. May we advance in boldly proclaiming the truth in God's word as well. People know when they're hearing the truth. You know when you're hearing the truth, don't you? I remember, I've told this story before, but I remember early as a basic youth leader saying to God, God, I'm so scared. I, these kids, why are they going to give me any favor or authority in their lives? I'm not an A-type person. I'm not, I'm not the stereotypic youth leader with boundless energy and crazy ideas. And uh, it was one of those times where the Lord clearly spoke to my spirit, and he said, Jim, if you will teach the word prophetically to these kids, and you will love them, they'll go to the ends of the earth for you. And indeed, it was so. I simply loved, did my best to love the kids and genuinely love them and uh, teach the word as clearly and as prophetically as I could. And they gave me all kinds of authority in their lives. Even Amy Dunn, a Thorpe. In Colossians 1, the Apostle Paul said, And we proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present every man complete in Christ. But admonishing every man and teaching every man is not just for the leaders alone, is it? It's for every member of the body. And so we remember the Great Commission Go into all, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. To admonish means to warn or reprimand someone sternly. This is part of being together, part of being one body is We speak into each other's lives, even when it's painful. But it can also mean to advise or counsel or urge a different view of something. And I I realize that you admonish me all the time in private conversations. What I'm referring to is um, I will voice an idea to one of you, and one of you will voice your idea, and then I'll weigh the two ideas and realize that you're spot on and I'm a little off uh, in my thinking. And I cannot tell you how many times that's happened. In fact, Dawn, uh, you stopping at my office late the other night, she said, what are you preaching on? I said, blah, blah, you know, and, um, and voiced something I was thinking, and she voiced a similar but uh, not so similar view, and I thought, oh, she's right, you know, and uh, it was really helpful, and I appreciate it, Dawn, but that's just a small example of how we're constantly having our thinking adjusted by each other. Isn't that beautiful? Um, we get a clearer view of the truth, and Proverbs says it this way, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So let's reach forward in this way as well. Let us press ahead in studying to show ourselves approved unto God, 
rightly teaching and preaching and admonishing one another in the truth and in the truth of God's Word. And then one uh, almost final point, one more way to reach forward is to turn greater and greater attention to the lost. In these days, as I examine our church as uh, one of your leaders, I am sensing an exciting increase in our heart and our energy to reach out to the lost. Um, Ecclesiastes 11.1 says this, Cast your bread on the surface of the waters, and you will find it after many days. He who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. Just as you don't know the path of the wind or how bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you do not know the activity of God who makes all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and do not be idle in the evening, for you do not know whether morning or evening sowing will succeed, or whether both of them alike will be good. My Bible says that this is about business, but I love this, these verses, thinking about these verses in terms of evangelism. Jesus went to great pains, didn't he, in his parables to describe God's love for the lost and the wounded. Here we have a representation of the prodigal son returning home. We have the good Samaritan who has yet to come along in this slide, but here is the man who fell among robbers who beat him and stripped him and left him half dead. And sometimes we remember the the parable of the lost sheep and how Jesus left the 99 and, and went after the one. How many of you feel that in your history you were that one that Jesus came for? He left the 99 and he came just for you. What I sense growing in this body is an increasing uh, love for and pursuit of the lost. And it's not out of a begrudging obedience or a sense of guilt or a group peer pressure. No, I think it's much more about mature people out of the overflow of their lives uh, just spilling out the love of Christ and the gospel. This is a slide of Charlene preaching in Kenya. That, that uh, do you know the song, Girl on Fire? That's, she is a firebrand when she gets in that situation. Uh, it's really fun to watch her uh, be filled with the Spirit in a powerful way at that moment. So again, I'm sensing some, some movement, and it's natural, and it's relaxed, it's peaceful, it's about abiding in Christ and letting the overflow uh, come out of a mature and tested faith. How beautiful. This coming week, of course, is uh, VBS. And um, we're going to pray for VBS again in a minute. But here in this slide are some mature saints who demonstrate that overflow to those they minister to. I believe here at TCF that there is indeed a fresh outpouring that's coming. 
But uh, I think it's critical that we have the right mindset, and that mindset is one that's reaching forward and fully embracing the present, not trying to recreate the past. It's, in a sense, we have a good problem. Our past is so rich and so storied that uh, it's wonderful, but we can't let that hold us back from becoming who we're supposed to become as a church in these days. Amen? So um, I want to pray for VBS in a minute. Uh, But before we do that, let me make one last point. Again, I think this outpouring is coming. It's going to be fresh and new and wonderful. President Trump said... An earthquake is coming at the ballot box. I don't know about that, but I do feel that an earthquake is coming. But before that, while we're waiting for either the next revival or the end of the age, um, we need to be reaching forward, looking at the face of God and saying, what do you have for us in these moments? Let's not fail to embrace the present and the future because of a storied past. So I thought about a half dozen other ways we could reach forward. I'm just going to mention them. We could keep reaching forward in our missions enterprise. How wonderful that we recently sent two missionaries uh, teams onto the field. We can reach forward by being rich in good deeds in our community, as Titus uh, exhorts us to do. We can make greater advancement in being a grateful and a thankful people, overflowing with thanksgiving. We can reach forward in our sensitivity to the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the voice of the Holy Spirit, our sensitivity to the supernatural world. One thing I love about our church is we welcome the gifts and we desire the gifts, but our focus is Jesus Christ. Our focus is Jesus Christ, but that shouldn't stop us also from welcoming the gifts when they come by God's sovereign will. Another way we can advance is by full expectancy of our faith that in all things, all things are possible with God, and then a greater longing for heaven, an advancement in being less tied to and distorted or distracted by this life. An outpouring is coming, and then an earthquake. This picture made me think of Jim Downing, actually, because one time I preached a message about the herd of young kids around a soccer ball on a soccer field, but there was always one kid who was way back, you know, ignoring the game, playing in a mud puddle at the other end of the field. And Jim, after the sermon, said, that, that's me. <laughs> so this, here's Jim <laughs> enjoying the mud puddle. So again, I don't know if the next outpouring is, a, is uh, something wonderful, but well before the end of the age, or if it is the end of the age. But uh, I do think that an earthquake is coming. We know it's coming 
because it's been birthed in the kingdom of God and it's being led by a rider on a white horse. The scriptures say his eyes are like flames of fire and his head and on his head are many diadems. He's clothed in a robe dipped in blood and the name by which he is called is the word of God. From his mouth issues a sharp sword and he will execute the fury of the wrath of God, the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The next great outpouring may be another revival such as we have never seen, but different and greater, or it may be the end of this age and the creation of a new heaven and a new earth heralded by the second coming of Christ. But whatever it is, let us keep on reaching forward to bring God greater and greater and greater glory. Let's embrace the present and reach out to the future. Amen? All right, let's have the... uh, Let's have the, uh, anyone who's involved with VBS stand. I want to pray for you once more. Can't get too much prayer. Those of you who would like to, gather around someone here, and let's be praying for one another. Let's pray for a great anointing. Let's pray for a great outpouring. Let's pray for a great door to be opened in the Spirit. Father, thank you for these who are in the trenches this week and uh, those who have already been working so hard. First of all, Lord, I want to pray for supernatural energy and the joy of the Lord to be their strength. Pray, Father, for a great anointing, Lord, uh, in each job that's being done. Pray especially for the crew leaders, Lord, that you will give them favor with the kids that will be assigned to them. Help them to have the joy and presence and authority of Christ as they minister. And Lord, we do pray for a great turnout, a great outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Um, Without you, Lord, this just amounts to a bunch of work. We pray, Father, that Therefore, that you will enable this, you will empower it, you will anoint each and every moment. Father, we pray for your word to go forth, to be living and active in the kids' hearts. You say that, that you can't have faith without the preaching of the word, and so we pray your word will go forth. And the kids won't just be singing words, but they'll be taking in your anointed power in the words, Lord, And then we pray for a great door to be opened in the Spirit. We pray, Father, that in the days ahead um, that we would see many baptisms, many salvations, many um, miracles, many gifts of the Spirit demonstrated. Help us, Father, to fully embrace the present, who we are right now, and not to look back at the former things and uh, say, why isn't it like that today? Let us just simply embrace what you've given us now and to reach forward in expectancy uh, and bring you greater and greater glory. 
We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jim. I don't know if you noticed, everybody.